Welcome and thank you for joining us for the Church by the Glades podcast. If you would like more information about Church by the Glades, including service times and directions, visit cbglades.com. We hope you enjoy today's message. What up, 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 Church by the Glades? What is happening? I want to start by welcoming everybody joining us all around the world online. We got our Lake Worth campus. We got Dade CI. We got Homestead. We got people joining us from Dubai. I see Los Angeles, Oklahoma City. Uh, Just give a hand clap. Everybody joining us all around the world at Church Online. Man, you guys look good today. Um, For those of you guys that may be new, my name is Scott Williams. I bring you greetings from the great state of Oklahoma, the city of Oklahoma City. And and I'm no longer like a guest at Church by the Glades. I'm officially a part of the family, and so I don't need to do a whole introduction. I've kind of adopted myself into the family, right? But, um, and here's what I just want you guys to know. I just drank one of those little bang energy shots, and so like, I already talk really fast. Either that or you listen really slow, one of the two, but... Um, so we're gonna have some fun today. I, I love preaching here, I love your pastors. And I know you guys know this, but sometimes you just need a reminder, like you know, Pastor David and Lisa are literally some of the greatest leaders, like some of the most creative leaders in the ministry space, literally in the world. And, and when people, they ask like, literally that church that you preach at, is that a conference? I'm no, that's every weekend. And so you guys are spoiled with the stuff that you see with this creative team and just Pastor David is mine. Like it's absolutely amazing. And what God is doing it through here each and every week. And then what I love is just not about what you see on stage. What you see on stage is what's going to lead to you going out and reaching a community. I mean, this weekend, you know, serving the city, things that you guys do, man, you guys are an amazing church. You're a part of an amazing house. Just give your pastor a hand clap one more time for everything they do and all their leadership. And I was excited to be able to kind of come as you're wrapping up this series, like the people that drive you crazy, because like I, I got a lot to say about people that drive me crazy, right? You know, and I fly a lot and I travel a lot. And so one of the things I like to do when I'm going to the airport is I like to do people watching. By show of hands, how many of you guys like to people watch? Okay, many of you guys are like, yeah, some of y'all, like I'm people watching right now, right? And so, but like one thing, like when we were traveling during the COVID season, it's different than traveling now because like, The COVID season taught us patience because we were traveling, everybody had their mask on, you had to stay six feet apart. It was like all this stuff was very, very rigid and and this and that. And now that like we learned that patience and now that things have opened up, we're like, we want stuff now and we're we're ready to go and we're angry and frustrated at what other people got going on. So like times have changed now that we're kind of like post-COVID travel and everybody like, ah. And then to top it all off, it's like, Flights are getting canceled and things are getting crazy. And so I have so many crazy stories of travel. And and to be honest with you, like, because I travel so much, I used to not worry about, like, sitting in first class and all that. But I'm going to be honest with you. When you're in the air in airplanes as much as I am, you know, I get upgraded all the time. And so that little extra 12 inches of leg room and that wider seat is from Jesus. Can I get an amen? You know what I'm saying? I ain't going to lie. Like, you know, I remember my first time sitting in first class. I'm sitting there and like, one thing about first class, like you're sitting in there and everybody else, like you're already sitting down and they're kind of giving you your beverages and stuff before everybody gets on. We get to watch you guys get on or whatever, you know, so everybody getting on. And I remember like, I sitting next to a lady and they asked her like, what would you have to drink? She says, I will have a sparkling water uh, with a splash of cranberry juice and a lime. Like, uh, sir, what would you like? 
I will have a sparkling water, a splash of cranberry juice, and a lime. And I'm just going to be honest with you, like, that's my drink of choice now. Like, it's growing on me. And so I'm traveling. And, and, and again, I prefer Delta because I have less problems. But sometimes, like, I'm going someplace, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. And, and I was actually in Florida for a conference, and uh, I had a board meeting. So I did the board meeting in the conference, and then I had to leave the flight to Kansas City to go to my son's football game. And, you know, once in Kansas City, like, you can't just, there's no flight from Delta to Oklahoma City, so I had to fly southwest. And I remember my flight was, like, at 5-something in the morning, so I called the Uber. Uber picking me up at, like, 4 in the morning, right? So I got the Uber. I'm headed to the airport in Kansas City. And I remember the lady, she goes, she comes, she picks me up, and, and she's like, first thing she says to me is, Good morning, sir. I just want to let you know that I've been a school bus driver for 20 years. That's what I do during the week, and I have lots of patience. And just to let you know, I hope you're not in a hurry because I drive the speed limit. Ma'am, it's four in the morning. Of course I'm in a hurry. I'm going to the airport, right? And so, like, I put it on my ways because obviously she's doing the Uber app, but I put it on my ways because I wanted to see what time I was going to get there because obviously my ways was different than her ways. You know what I'm saying? And so... So I'm going and I'm, you know, I'm going looking. I'm like, we're pressing time. It's like 45 minutes where they cut off. And you can't get your bags. And so I get there and we go and I remember we pull up and I needed to do curbside check because going inside, it was packed. It wasn't going to work. So I go to curbside and the guy's like, oh, sorry, sir. We work on, on tips. I'm like, brother, I don't carry no cash. Do you take cash? Yet? He's like, no, sorry, sir. So I had to go in and get some cash and begin because of my status with Delta, I get 70 pounds instead of a little old 50 pounds, right? And so, so I get 70 pounds and I get the 70 pounds and I'm sitting there and I go and I'm ready to you know, check my luggage and I go and, and he puts it on the thing and he's like, sorry, sir, it's 18 pounds overweight. And so uh, you got like three minutes and so he gives me a clear trash bag. And I'm like, what did he give me his clear trash bag for? I'm like, am I gonna throw my stuff in there? So I started taking stuff out of my bag and then putting it in my, my carry-on and my backpack. And then I took my hoodie off. I started stuffing stuff in there, making it like a, a pillow. You know what I'm saying? And so I get it down. It's 51.9 pounds. He says, I'm sorry, sir. You need to pull two more pounds out. I'm like, dude, you know this old raggedy scale is probably off. Are you going to make me take two pounds out? And so I was mad. And I was frustrated. And to be honest with you, he was kind of driving me crazy. And the irony of that is oftentimes we get mad and the stuff that drives us crazy is the things of our own doing. I was mad and frustrated because of something that I did, because I had all this extra stuff. And basically what he told me is the extra baggage is going to cost you $75. Like, no, the devil is a liar. We're about to move some of this stuff around. You know what I'm saying? Paying 75 nothing. Ain't paying 75 cents. You know what I'm saying? Like, Another thing that drives me crazy, this has nothing to do with my message, is middle seats. Like, I don't want no middle seat. Just, just get me off the plane. I'll, I'll catch a flight later to, tomorrow or something. I don't want nobody's middle seat. Always arms, your arm and my arm. Who spaces? Who, who owns the, the armrest? You know what I'm saying? Who owns that one? You own both of them? So. And Pastor David has had, you know, they had a DeLorean up here the first week. You got a Hellcat. You got a Viper. And, like, I'm thinking I'm coming to preach. Can Maybe I can one-up that. So I'm like, yo. Pastor David, I think I'm going to take the illustration a little bit different. Do you think you, you can get me an airplane on stage? <laughs> said, sure. <laughs> to be honest with you, here's the true story. They did say they could get one in the parking lot. Only church by the glades would say, yeah, we can get you one in the parking lot, right? You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm good, I'm good. But 
if you have your Bibles with you today, <laughs> you're going to open up the first Samuel, first Samuel 10. I'm going to be reading from the New Living Translation. And the particular part of the text that I'm looking at as I'm reading through my Bible now, it's when the prophet Samuel, he basically had made, as I'm reading this prophetic declaration that the Wright brothers would take their first flight in December 1903. Some of y'all are like, wow, that's deep. I'm just playing, you know what I'm saying? Like, first of all, some of y'all thought that was real. Y'all need to start reading your Bible. Like, you know, the prophet Samuel making declaration about the Wright brothers, and y'all are wrong, you know what I'm saying? But, but true story, like, I, I got to make sure I make that clear because somebody will take that clip and put it on the internet and make me sound like I'm a heathen and I'm, I'm, I'm misrepresenting the Bible. So for the record, I was playing. But it is a time in, in the text where basically you had the, the people of Israel, they were, they were looking for a leader. And before this, like the Lord would basically, what he would do is he would speak to the priests, he would speak to the prophets, and whatever they wanted to do, they would carry it all out. But they wanted to be like everyone else and they wanted a leader. Like, no, we don't, we don't want to do that. We want a leader like everybody else. And God's like, okay, you want a leader? That's what we'll give you. We'll give you a leader like everybody else. And so God's like, okay. And so, because here we got to understand about God, like when we want something, God always has an answer. Sometimes the answer is yes. Sometimes the answer is no. Sometimes the answer is not now. And sometimes the answer is not ever, right? And so, we, but he always has an answer. And so he's like, look, okay, that's what y'all want. That's what we'll do. And so again, what he did, so Samuel goes to him to prepare the people to present this new king. And Samuel goes to Saul, the one who's to be chosen as the king. He's like, look, here's the things that are going to happen. You're going to show up, and this is going to happen, and it's going to be a rainy day, and you're not going to want to go to church, and you're going to decide to go anyway, and the guy's going to do this. And like, he gives him all these very, very specific things that would happen. They kind of gets a big group together, like a, a you know, big rally group. I know that, that rally's having a big, big deal in, in downtown Fort Lauderdale next week, and so you can clap for that. If you're a young adult, you should be there. Back to this rally. They're gathering all the people there. They're like, yo, hey, bring everybody in. Let, let's introduce this, this new king because that's what y'all asked for, right? But here's what he did. But God re reminded the people before he did that. He said, look, I want you to remember what I've done for you. I brought you out of Egypt. I rescued you from the Egyptians. I, I rescued you from your misery and your worry. But guess what? That wasn't good enough. Many of you guys... He rescued you from your past, from your addiction, from your depression, from that broken relationship, from those things that happened to you in the past. He rescued you from that thing that you, you should have went to jail for. He rescued you from, from this situation of, of you, you were hanging on by a thread. And he rescued you, say, you know what? But you, you remember that, but you're like, no, that ain't good enough, God. I'm still in this situation. Let's pick up in verse 19 through 24. But I have rescued you from your misery and distress. You have rejected your God today and you have said, no, we want a king instead. Now, therefore, present yourselves before the Lord by tribes and clans. In other words, you ask for a king, I'm going to give you a king. And that's one thing I love about God. Sometimes God will give you what you want to remind you of what you really need. Uh, come on, I'm preaching better than some of y'all responding. Sometimes God will give you what you want to show you what you don't need. Oh, I want this. He's like, okay, I'm going to give it to you. And it looked like, yo, that didn't satisfy me. I, I thought I wanted that because I saw it on the internet. 
I thought I saw, I, you know, I, I thought I wanted to spend all that money and do this with my body until I realized what's going to happen 10 years later. Oops. I'm trying. Verse 20. So Samuel brought all the tribes of Israel before the Lord, and the tribe of Benjamin was chosen by Lot. Then he brought each family of the tribe of Benjamin before the Lord, and the family of the Matrites was chosen. And finally Saul, the son of Kish, was chosen from among them. But then they, when they looked for him, when it was this moment, God's going to give you this. This is your opportunity. This is your promotion. This is this new job. This is this new opportunity, this new relationship, this new situation. He had disappeared. So they asked the Lord, where is he? And the Lord replied, he is hiding among the baggage. That's what I said. So they found him and brought him out, and he stood head and shoulders above anyone else. Then Samuel said to all the people, this is the man the Lord has chosen as your king. No one in Israel is like him. And all the people shouted, long live the king. Could y'all do me a favor? Could y'all put verse 22 back up again? So they asked the Lord, Lord, where is he? And the Lord replied, he is hiding among the baggage. And that's what I'm going to talk to you about today. As a matter of fact, the title of today's message is Check Your Baggage. As a matter of fact, I want you to turn around to y'all. Y'all clapping for the title. I like y'all. Now y'all responded. Turn around to your neighbor right now and say, check your baggage. Turn around to your other neighbor, the one that was your second choice. Turn around to your second choice. Say, check your baggage. Turn around to the person behind you. Say, check your baggage. When we're talking about check your baggage, you guys, if you heard me preach before, I'm an acronym guy. I want you to walk away and remember this thing, not just today, but forever. And so I'm going to go ahead and give you, it's three letters. It's, it's D-I-G, because when you're going to get into your baggage and check what's in there, you got to dig down deep. Everybody say dig. Sometimes you got to dig. And so here's the deal. The D, if you're taking notes, the first you got to do is this, is you have to determine what you are carrying. In other words, if you're going to dig down in there, like, you got to determine what you're carrying. Like, that's the deal. you got to determine what you're carrying because I'm here to tell you, we might not all carry the same thing, but we all carry something. Let me here to tell you, we don't carry the same thing, but I promise you, we carry something. But you got to dig down in there, and sometimes when you're going to dig down in there, what you got to do is, you know how you go to a concert or, or you go to an event? And you, and you go and, and, and you got a clear bag. They can see in and what they do, they take this little drumstick and they dig down in there because they want to determine what it is that you're carrying. They want to determine what you're bringing into the venue. And that's what you got to do. You have to determine what you're carrying. What is it that you're carrying? Because again, we all carry something. So if this is your bag and you're trying to go and Determine what you're carrying. What, what it's saying is that you gotta, you gotta dig down in there and you gotta look and see what it is that you're carrying because we all carry something. Maybe for some of you, you're, you're carrying some hurt. 
of something that somebody did for you. Keep digging. I'm trying, sir. And what you got to do is you got you to carry, you're, you're, you're carrying some regret and you're carrying some regret and you're, you're holding on to. So you're, you're carrying these things and these all the things that you're holding on to. And, and you're, as you dig down in there a little further, maybe it was a, a, an illness or, or some health issues and, and, and mom and grandma stage four cancer is something that came out of nowhere and you're holding this, this, this baggage and, and, and maybe it's insecurity because you're, 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 you don't think that you're good enough. This is the baggage that Saul was carrying. He's like, yo, I'm from the tribe of Benjamin. We from the other side of the tracks. We ain't supposed to have none. My dad took care of donkeys. Like, I, I, I'm not good enough to do that. So maybe you're carrying that. Or maybe it's, it's people, or, or better yet, people pleasing. You're trying to, to please everybody in every situation, and, and that's the thing that you're carrying. You're carrying some people pleasing, and you keep digging around in here at all the different things that you're carrying. And, and for some of you, like, well, Pastor Scott, that doesn't really apply to me, fellas. You're like, I'm kind of good. Maybe it's the porn addiction that you have and the thing that you're doing when people aren't looking. And you're, you're, you're carrying these things, and you're sitting there like, what I do? And you're, you're carrying all this stuff, and you're like, okay, God, like, what is the hurt? And then you're, and the regret of like, this one that you really hold on to, because one thing that regret does is it drips like a leaky faucet. And oftentimes, the things that we're carrying are the things that we bring on ourselves. Some of you are like, oh, that's my story. It's just a story of my life. I was kind of born like this is my situation. No matter of fact, when it comes to, to worry, the research shows that the kids are only born with two fears or two things they worry about. Fear of falling and fear of loud noises. Everything else is learned. Everything else is you bring on yourself. You learn, you're watching everybody else, they tell you you should worry. And some of you guys start from the worst situation possible and then work your way back from it. I got a question for you. When was the last time worry ever changed your situation? When was the last time worry ever made your situation better? Let me go and answer that for you. Never. It's never going to make it better, but yet you're sitting around here and this is the thing that you're holding in your baggage and, and you're just worrying and you're worrying and you're worrying and you're worrying and you're saying, what do I do? You got to keep it real. You got to keep it a buck. Like you got to look down in there. You got to dig down in there and say, what? I have to determine what are the things that I'm carrying. Because if you don't determine the things that you're carrying, how can you address them? You can never win a battle that you're unwilling to address. Here's the I if you're taking notes is this. Is you have to inventory what you need to let go of. Everybody say inventory. In other words, you need, to, you need to take stock of the things that you have. You need to take stock of the things that you have going on. Like, so in other words, you're going to go in here and you're going to inventory like I've already seen what, what I got. And okay, what are the things that I can get rid of? You know what? This pornography problem that I have, I, I can get in a life group and, and fellas, I can get some guys that are going to be my accountability partners and we have conversations and, and I get the triple X church software and I, I put it on my, my phone and, and I put it on my devices and I get somebody to hold me accountable so God, I can take this out and I can, I can set that aside because I'm trying, to, I'm trying to remove some things out of here. You know what? They hurt me 25 years ago. But I'm walking around, I'm still carrying it, and they've gone on with their lives. But you know what? Say, so you know what? 
Here's the deal. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm going to give this one to you, God. Like, I'm no longer going to carry that one anymore. And I, you know what? People pleasing, this is really an easy one. Because why am I worried about what they think? I'm going to start today. I'm no longer going to be a people pleaser. I'm going to look in the mirror and say, you know what? God, I'm giving this one to you. I got, I'm willing to, to, to inventory. And what are some things that I can take out of? And some of you are like, well, Pastor Scott, I want to go dump it all out. You can't do that. You, you take inventory and you see, what can I do today? What battle can I win today? What can I do today? What can I do today? What can I do today? Because it's amazing what God does when you start taking inventory because then you can see like, okay, what is it that I'm, that I'm carrying? That's one thing like when you get to the, go to the airline, when, you, when, you, when you're actually getting on the plane, they say that you can have how many items? You can have two items, one personal item and, and one carry-on because we all got some personal stuff that we're carrying. But then you also got that carry-on, and here's what we try to do. The things that we're carrying on, we try to, to fill them to the rim. We try to make sure that they're packed and they're overpacked. I mean, ladies, matter of fact, like, just think of some of you ladies, you brought your purse in here today, and if we were to take this little old drumstick and we were to dig around in your little old purse, man, why are you carrying all that stuff in there? Like, you, you, need, to, you need to get rid of some stuff, you know what I'm saying? I'm trying to preach. Yeah, my husband like, preach, look at her purse, look at her purse right in the pack. Ah, Cheetos. Programs from the last series, invite cards. Bologna sandwich, whatever. And so you got to dig in there. You got, this is, a good, this is a really a good exercise. Go home today, take all your stuff in your purse, dump it out. And then ask yourself the question, take inventory, what do I really need in here? And it's a good example of what we got to do in life. Like, that's why I, one thing I like to do with my car, I, like to clean, I clean my car two or three times a week. Because I want to look in there, what do I really need? This trash, I got a little trash, I'm going to go dump it out. Because I want to make sure that I have my space clean because the clean space will allow you to have a clean mind. And many of you guys, you're intentionally running around here and carrying a bunch of stuff. Like, I wish I was somebody that could pack light, but I can't. As a matter of fact, like when I'm at the airport and I see, like, it'd be this one guy, he just running around and he ain't got no bags. He ain't got no bags. Like, sir, you ain't got no fanny pack, you just walking around like, no worry in the world. <laughs> Walking around, all you got is a boarding pass, sir? Just a boarding pass? You know what I'm saying? That's it? You know what I'm saying? Like, many of you guys, like, you got your, your carry-ons packed. I, I gave this guy a nickname. I, you know what I'm saying? Like, because we all see those guys. I'm, all, I'm a little bit jealous, to be honest. I, I call him, you know, Pack Light Paul. You know what I'm saying? Like, and some of you guys, because I talk so fast, you thought I said Pack Like Paul. But you know what? You can use that. Next time you got somebody that likes to overpack, you look at it like, yo, man, you need to pack like Paul. You know what I'm saying? Like, look at yourself in the mirror. I need to pack like Paul. You know what I'm saying? Because Paul packs light. In my family, my son, Wesley, like, I don't understand how he does it. Like, we're going to Hawaii next month. And Wesley, when he packs, we can be in Hawaii for a week. And Wesley will have a duffel bag. And every day he'd be clean. You know what I'm saying? It's one thing you got a duffel bag and you're wearing sweats every day. I don't get it. My bag be 70 pounds for a four-day trip. You know what I'm saying? Like, but I try to use that as a reminder of what are the things that when, when, I'm, when, I'm, when I'm taking inventory, the things that I need to, to get rid of. What are the things that, that I need to do something different with? Because it's amazing what happens when you do that. And Because here's what we got to understand is this. If it's not adding value, it's subtracting. That thing you're wrestling with, that relationship, that situation, that thing, should I do? Is it, if it's not adding value, it's subtracting. And if it's not lifting you up, it's weighing you down. 
Like, is that conversation lifting you up? Are those conversations lifting you up? Is spending that money lifting you up? Or is it simply weighing you down? And then sometimes we get mad and frustrated by things that we call it. We get in an airport. I mean, honestly, in an airplane, like, they'll have, like, they'll tell you to make sure you get your baggage out the aisle in case something happens. I'm like, look, if something happens, last thing I'm worried about is that little old bag. <laughs> but what they're trying to do is prepare you. They have, they have a manual that says, like, their manual says if you do these things in case of an emergency, guess what? We want to make sure that you're not going to trip and then somebody else is going to trip. And next thing you know, everybody's trying to get out and it's, it's a catastrophe. So they pay attention to the manual, even though we don't like it. Their manual has been researched and there's a reason why they want you to do it. And so they say, just follow what we've asked you to do. And so they also say, make sure you put your seatbelt on. 95% of the time, things are all good, right? But then there's those sometimes when you, when you hit some, some turbulence and that, that, that seatbelt is a thing that holds you down because in life, sir, ma'am, young lady in the balcony online, you're going to hit some turbulence, but you're going to be ready for it because you're, you're following what, what the manual says that you need to do because turbulence is going to come. And I'm here to tell you that, that smooth waters never made a skilled sailor anyway. But you got to be prepared because we all go through something. But God is less concerned about what happens to you and more concerned about what happens through you. I'm, I'm preaching better than y'all respond. I'm here to tell you, like, God ain't worried about what you went through, Heather. God is worried about how, how what are you going to do about it? Are you going to look at your situation? Are you going to do something about it? Because it's amazing what happens when you do something about it. Because, and unfortunately, many of you, you're not just holding on to your baggage, but you're holding on to the baggage of others. And other people, they, they give you their bags. You're like, okay, I, I got my own stuff. I've, I've tried to take some stuff out, but then my, my friend comes over to me and they, they well-intentioned and they talk to me about the hurt that they're going through and their situation and their loss and all the things that they're carrying. Not knowing that, that you, already got some <laughs> you already got some stuff in your bag that you're carrying, but now they want to come in and give what they're carrying because they're very well-intentioned. Well they, they want to they give it to you, and they want you to, to hold on to their insecurity about, about how they're not good enough, and, and they don't have what it takes. And so they're, they're, they're trying to come, and they're trying to hand off what they're carrying. They're like, look, I, I know that, that you're going through some things, but what about my things? How about this? I, I, just, just, can I just borrow your ear for a minute? Can I just get on a call with you? Can I just share this text with you? Will you just hear me out? Matter of fact, can I just put my baggage on you? And they drop it off. And they put it on you. And you got baggage of your own. And you're, you're, you're carrying it. You're like, well, what do I do? And, and again, like, what, what am I going to do? I got their, their baggage. And again, like, you got to be able to see it. You got to be able to see it coming and be able to put some, some boundaries in there. As a matter of fact, when, in, in, the, in the airport, when they, they say if you don't see something right, what do you do? When, when you see something, say something. And I'm here to tell you that when you see something coming and you know that ain't quite right, you got to say something like, yo, man, I love you, dog, but I can't entertain that. If you got that baggage that you need to share, come to church by the glade. We got some prayer partners that'll be up front that will be happy to get. Matter of fact, let me point you to this small group. We got some things for you, but I got to carry my own stuff. I can't be carrying your stuff too. Because here's the sad thing is that some of your greatest friends and family, to be honest with you, they, they want to see you carrying that baggage. They just want to look. 
Because misery loves what? Loves company. And you're doing good. They want to come drop it off in your lap. But now you're going to do it. Yo, I see someone going to say something. Because, again, it's like you, you, you got to have a new, new lens, new perspective. It's like when you go to the eye doctor, what do they do? They, you like A better or B? Do you like C or D? And they're making clicks and turns and adjustments. They want you to be able to do what? They want you to be able to see better. They want you to be able to see 2020. And you got to say, okay, I want to do that. As a matter of fact, like I've been putting off getting bifocals for years. Like my, my doctor was like, fine, eye doctor, I'd go. She's like, Scott, pretty soon your arms are not going to be long enough. You know what I'm saying? Like, brother trying to read the menu. I don't know. Show me some pictures. You know what I'm saying? Show me some pictures. I can't read that. You know what I'm saying? So, and so fine, like, because again, bifocals just sound like you're old, right? You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm, you know, brother, I ain't gonna lie. Brother is old. I just look young. At least what I'm saying. I'm 49. But anyway, back, back to the deal. So anyway, like, I'm looking. So like, when you go, it's like, okay, what, what are you going to do? Like, like, what are you going to do? But here's what you got to understand. Like, when you begin to see things, like, these, these are my new bifocals. And it's amazing because when I look through them, like, all the little words down there, I can read a little small print in this Bible. Like, I just, I mean, I'm looking. I got it going on. Because what we got to understand, when we start to look at things, is that your lens and your perspective are your greatest gift from God. You just got to be willing to have the right prescription. But you got to inventory what's going on. You got to inventory your baggage. What are the broken pieces that you're carrying? I'm here to tell you this, is that if you use the broken pieces of your past to build the house of your present, you're destined to have a crumbling future. Let me say that one more time for the person in the back that may have missed it. If you're using the broken bricks of your past to build your house of the present, you're guaranteed to have a crumbling future. You can't bring all that old stuff. And what happens is the people in the current that you love and care about and want to try to help you, they end up being dealing with the stuff that you dealt with because you're bringing it here. And then you said, you know what? I took some stuff out of my bag, but you know what? I always feel like I got room for more. I, don't, I got some stuff out, but now I'm holding on to some new stuff. I get mad and, and I get angry and I'm carrying baggage about politics. You know what? I really don't even like politics. I really don't even know who's running for office, but I get mad and I get angry and I get frustrated and I'm carrying this baggage and I, that's not enough. That old abuse, I'm going to bring it up too, along with the politics, because it's them politicians that cause my abuse. And so then it all starts working together. I'm just mad, and I'm just angry, and I'm just frustrated. I'm carrying all of this baggage. And it keeps piling up, and now I'm holding on to it. If I'm holding, I just want to put it in my bag. And so that's what I do. And that's how I live my life. And that's how many of you are living your life. But here's the last thing. If you're taking notes, last point, most important one. You have to be willing to give it to God. Everybody say, give it to God. Everybody say, give it to God. And this is the part when the band will come play behind me to make me sound spiritual. And I take a break to wipe my sweat. And the Lord said, ah. Y'all take your time. Got the band holding me up, but we ready to, we ready to close this thing off. We ready to land the plane. Sorry, I get carried away sometimes. Psalm 55, 22, here's the Bible says. It says, give your burdens to the Lord. Give your baggage, give the stuff that you're carrying, give it to the Lord. 
and he'll take care of you. It says he will not permit the who? The godly. In other words, there's those that are running after him. He will not permit them to slip and fall. He didn't say those that are out there in the streets doing their own thing. Some versions say the righteous. In other words, the ones that are saying, God, I'm going to do it your way. Those are the ones that he's going to take care of and to make sure that when you're, you're going through the turbulence, he says, I got you. I got a seatbelt for you. I, I got some protocols for you. I got some things that I'm going to do that's going to take care of you because many of you, you're holding on to stuff. And God's saying, I got something amazing for you. And But you're like, well, God, do you see all the, the stuff that I'm carrying? I, I, I basically, I've been carrying all this stuff and I've, I've added some, some new stuff to it, God. And I, I wish that my situation would be different. But I've been carrying this stuff for a while. Some of these things have been here a really long time. Some of these things I just got last week and I'm carrying them. And God, I know that you say that if I, if I give it to you, that you'll take care of me, that you'll make sure that I don't slip and fall. I'm, I'm reading what your, your word says. And, and again, like what you gotta understand is that there's some blessings that are trying to come to you, but you can't grab a hold of them because your hands are full with this baggage and again and as I look at the, what the scripture says and, and again what you got to understand is that if you don't deal with the baggage and your demons of the past what they will do is they will take residence in your soul and they will start exercising and they will get stronger and they will get bigger and they will be more prevalent and again next thing you know your thoughts and the things that you think will be all based on that baggage that has grown around your heart and you can't even begin to see the light at the end of the tunnel because you're holding on to all of this baggage and God want to remind you that if you would just look at what his word said again and saw that was his situation like he said he was hiding amongst the baggage he had some insecurities I'm from the tribe of Benjamin. We're from the other side of the tracks. We're not rich. I shouldn't be a king. My, my dad just took care of donkeys. I shouldn't be in this situation. I don't deserve this. I just got out of prison. I used to be addicted to drugs. I got a divorce. I don't deserve this. And you're holding on to all this baggage. You're like, and that's what Saul was doing, and that was his problem. And he'd understand is that like, like he's holding on to this stuff, and that was the thing that was going to ultimately cause him to no longer be king. But it was also the thing that was gonna to set this little young shepherd boy up who says, God, I trust you. I'm not gonna carry the bag. I know I was over here scooping the sheep dung, but God, I know an opportunity when I see it. That opportunity's gonna come, I'm gonna be ready. So what, here's the deal. Saul didn't know that his baggage was gonna take him out, but God did. And I'm here to tell you like, you might not know what your situation is, but God does. That suicide attempt, they didn't think that you was going to be able to win on the other side of that, but God did. They didn't think that you was going to be able to get pregnant, but God did. They didn't think you are going to be able to beat depression, but God did. They didn't think you are going to find Mr. and Mrs. Right, but God did. I don't know what you came in here with today, and you're holding it. God said, man, I got some blessing and breakthrough for you, and I wanted to put it in your hands, but you're out here struggling. You're sweating like I am and you're worrying. God says, I, I wanna put something in your hands. 
Now, if I want you to get a chance at your homework, I want you to go read 1 Samuel 15. This is when it talks about what, what Saul was supposed to do. It told him to go take out the Malachites and, and destroy them. And he was running around telling everybody, yo, I did it, but he really didn't do it. He's around there building statues of himself. He's posting on TikTok. He's going viral. But he's telling everybody, oh, no, I did what God said. I did exactly what he said. He was, is what the young folks call, he was capping. You know what I'm saying? Like he, he was lying. He didn't do it. And he, he's capping it. And next thing you know, so finally God just like had enough. Matter of fact, 1 Samuel 15, God says this is, I regret that I made Saul king. He says, I, I'm saddened. I'm grieved because I gave him an opportunity. Is it a chance that God has given you an opportunity? And, and the fact that you're not taking advantage of it, that he may say, I regret it. And what did he do with that? He took it and he gave it to a young shepherd boy because he was ready. But it's amazing what, what the Bible says is, give your burdens, give your baggage to the Lord. and He will do what? He will take care of you. He will not permit the godly to slip and fall. So what it's saying is, if you will take what you're holding and if you will lift it up and if you'll say, God, I give it to you, Whatever I've been holding, I'm going to put it in your hands. I'm going to put the burden in your hands, and I, I know that you're going to seal it up. And what God is trying to remind you of is that if you will give it to Him, what you've been holding on to, it's going to get a whole lot lighter if you're willing to give it to God. I don't know what you came here holding today, but God sent a reminder that you got to give your burden. you got to cast your things on Him. Ma'am, I don't know what you came here with, that depression you came in here with, that abuse, that alcoholism, that question. I don't know what it is. Your son or daughter has run from the Lord. You, you lost your job. You're in debt up to your eyeballs. It's addiction. It's pornography. Whatever it is that you're carrying. God is saying, give it to me. He's simply saying, check baggage let's pray father I thank you so much that you're God willing to take our baggage God I know right now in a room like this there's so many people that want to leave out but they got some baggage to check there's no reason these prayer partners shouldn't have lines today of people coming down saying I mean I want to give it to you God and as they do God I pray that you would open up the doors of blessing I pray that they would walk out of here, that their, their load would be lighter, God. And as they do, God, I pray that you would bless them, God. Whatever it is that you're carrying, would you let them know who they are, God? I, I pray that today is a day that they go from bags to riches, God. I pray that you would bless the people, God. Again, God is saying, I made you. God is saying that, that I will carry you. He said, I will lift you up. He says that I will mount you on the wings like eagles. He says, I will not permit you to slip and fall. He says that I will grab a hold of your right hand and I won't let go but he said I want you to let go and let God amen and amen thanks again for listening to this week's message we hope you enjoyed the podcast today to hear more messages like this make sure you subscribe and share with your friends don't forget to stay connected with us by following us on Twitter Instagram and Facebook at CBGlades at Pastor D. Hughes.